Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We're about to jump into another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan, but before we do, guys, I've got another question. All right, here we go. Would you rather... Would you rather be forced to listen to the same 10 songs on repeat for the rest of your life or forced to watch the same five movies on repeat for the rest of your life? Okay, okay. I got I got two questions that change everything about this, okay? okay. The first is, do I get to pick them? Because it's really different. If Because it, it doesn't say in the question. Like, if I get to pick 10 songs, well, I can pick songs I think I can endure. But if someone else is going to be like, well, here's your CD, right? Or here's your playlist. That's different. Or... Um, the other one is it says on repeat for the rest of your life. Does that mean it's just always on? Like I've always got an earbud in with those 10 songs 24 hours a day or the, I've always got a TV on with with that movie playing mm. again and again? Or is it just if you're going to listen, here's your it's options. It's the same 10 songs. If you're going to watch, here's your options. Same five songs. So I can choose. Like if I pick five movies, mm-hmm. I can say, what? I'm just not going to watch many movies. When I feel like one of those, I'll watch it. Yep. But I don't need to watch movies all the time. Right. So, so that's a I, great I, question I, clayton I, there, there are there are moments occasionally where i really wish this was a video podcast because the look that nikki was I'm giving you like, huh. like really clayton those are an awful lot of qualifying questions just answer the question I, clayton i've never overthought a thing in my you, life you know, just, you know what's impressive about all of those qualifiers that clayton just put on this we're recording this late in the day my brain is almost completely done and he's playing with this question at depths that I have no interest okay. in. So let's say let's say that you get to pick the ten songs and the five movies. Okay. Okay. So that that makes it better. And you don't have to be listening to them twenty four yeah. hours a day. Because okay. when you want to listen to music, absurd. it has to be that ten. And when you want to watch movies, it has to be those five. Yeah. I I love music and listen to so much of it that I I don't know that I could only go down to ten. I think it would mm-hmm. I think it would ruin me. And I but I. As, as much as I love movies, which I also love a lot, uh, I could I could say, you know what? I'll pick five of my favorite movies, and once a year I'll watch each one of them, and that'll be enough. I could live with that. So I'd watch movies. I'm with him on that. My musical tastes are too eclectic to narrow down to 10 songs, and I think I would just go straight crazy if I had to listen to the same 10 songs all the time. But I mm. don't need to watch movies. I could go without movies. I find them entertaining, but... I could go my whole life and not watch another movie, and I think I'd be okay. So, m- music. I want no. I want no. You, you want I movies. want the the, you, the list of five movies. Yeah, you want I don't watch care. movies. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, your job requires you to listen to a lot of music. You're the creative arts it, pastor. <laughs> it does. It does. But like, I'm not thinking about it from the perspective of my job. I'm thinking about it from a personal. I don't listen to much music outside of work because I'm always listening to music in work. So when I need to relax, I want to watch something. I want to watch something or I want to read something. I don't watch movies all that often. I don't listen to music all that often, really. Hmm. Um, I'm going to pick, uh, I want to watch the movies. I want to have the five movies. So you, you, you limit to five movies. Yeah, I want to limit it to five movies. Mostly because I don't watch a lot of TV. But yeah, I, I've got to be able to listen to music. Yeah. It's very true. If I, I, I mean, it's another qualifier. Is it just movies? And I could watch as many TV shows as I want. I, I mean, it's. I movies. feel like it. I feel like that. No, it was, that would be cheating. No, it's not cheating. It's not cheating. It's oh, two different I, things. Because because TV's these days, TV shows these days are like movies. It's true. 
like the seasons are yeah. incredibly long. And they do high production and things like that. Very true. Okay, so we're all on, we're all saying we need to listen to music. I need, I need a variety of music. So we want the five movies. Okay, well, there you go. Hey, if you guys want to let us know what you would listen to or what you would pick, Eric... What could they, uh, e- how could they email us? That didn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. She's not that didn't work. Set up person. No, She's not I'm the not the setup set person. Everybody <laughs> listening knows that that was unnatural. Oh, that man. It's not your line. I uh, ruined I'm it. I'm not even telling them the email address because. Oh, it's if, podcast at biblesavvy.com. <laughs> Thank you. This works in one direction and one direction well, only. It doesn't even work if I'll I do the setup. I'll set up my own question I tried next it time. a while back and it didn't work. Only Eric can do the setup. If you want to answer this question, you can email us at podcast at biblesavvy.com. Well, she did both sides what are we of the equation. At? She, she doesn't need she doesn't nope. need us anymore. She's just running the whole the podcast show. now. It's a Nikki show. All right, we are going to be in a new book of the Bible, um, but it's also an old book of the Bible. So here's the thing: we're in the book of Matthew now. Aren't they all all old books? This is true. This is true. true. They're all yeah. pretty old. Um, but if you've been reading along with Bible Savvy for this you know four year cycle that we're on, we have already read the book of Matthew. And the reason for that is in the Bible Savvy reading plan, we go through the entire Bible once. But there are a few books that we do more than once because we really think it's it's really valuable for us to be in these sections of Scripture. And the life of Jesus is just so critical. We come back to it two Gospels a year, which means uh, we cover each Gospel twice over the course of time. So we've read some passages in Matthew before in Bible Savvy this cycle. Um, and we are going to be spending the entire summer here uh, in the book of Matthew. It's going to be really good. Uh, one of the things that we're what do, doing— What do you mean we're going to be spending the entire summer here in the book of Matthew? Oh, well— the, the the reading of the book of Matthew is going to last from July through uh, the beginning of September. Mm. July through September. Okay, so yeah. our, so our midsummer and late summer Bible savvy reading is all in the book it's of Matthew. All in the book of Matthew. Nice. That's right. Okay. And then is there hmm, Clayton? Oh, oh, this is this is like the new section that emerged. A, a, the, the, oh, the, the, hey, new, the new segment. Hey, hey Clayton. Clayton. Yeah. What's the summer preaching series at Christ Community? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. It is going to be. <laughs> The book of Matthew. So we're going to be looking, uh, it's going to be called Summer School um, because everybody loves summer school, right? And we thought that we would make it appealing. Um, Summer School, because we're going to be looking at the teaching of Jesus. The book of Matthew has really big sections of Jesus teaching more than any of the other gospels. So we're going to be digging into some of the really profound things that he taught us about life. Um, That means that probably in the podcast, we're going to focus more on the actions of Jesus because on the weekends, we're going to be focusing on the teaching of Jesus. But if you want to get a well-rounded picture of it, um, tune into the the services as well as the podcast or actually come to a worship service. oh yeah yeah <laughs> for those of you that live far away you can tune into a service but for those of you that you know go to church here don't just tune in <laughs> come, come to, church. to church be around other humans sing songs with them pray prayers with them listen to preaching live so uh, we are going to be in Matthew 4 today. We're recording this late in the day. It's late in the day. We're, if, this, we're... if this doesn't go off the rails, it will be surprising. And if you're listening to this podcast and it doesn't go off the rails, it means that probably there was a lot of post-edit work done. Thanks, Tim. He's our producer. <laughs> All right. So we're in Matthew 5. Let me give you just a little bit of context. Uh, Matthew 5? Bo- I Matthew, we were in Matthew, no, Matthew 4. 4. It's going off the rails. Oh, no! It's going off the rails. Matthew 4. Um, here's what's happened before this. You get a genealogy at the beginning of Matthew, which always weirds people out, but it's connecting um, Jesus to the history of the people of Israel. Then he's born, and then uh, we get the story of his baptism. Now, this is important, okay? It's a good context for what we're going to read. When Jesus is baptized, he comes up out of the water, and God says something really definitive. He says, this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. And so he gets baptized. Jesus gets this declaration over him, and then immediately 
this story happens. So we're going to have Eric read the first 11 chapters of Matthew 4. No, I'm going to read the yeah, first, first 11, 11 verses, verses oh my of chapter 4. <laughs> I was impressed with his brain power late in the day, but I think I he spent, spent it, it all, <laughs> all on the music on that question. movie question. Yeah, he, he spent it all on the question. Yep. Hey, Clayton, while I'm reading this, drink some Gatorade. <laughs> do a few jumping jacks and we'll be back. All right, here we go. Then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It's also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan. For it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. All right, let's talk about observations. What do we notice here? If you are the Son of God. Satan starts all three with, All right, if you really are the Son of God, then... And then he goes on to try to tempt him. Yeah, it's almost like he's saying, Will you believe what you just heard from God or not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm noticing words like uh, wilderness, uh, you know, 40 days, 40 nights. And I'm thinking back to the Old Testament when Israel wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. Um, there's even some mention of some like bread. And so I'm just thinking like when, when they were eating manna, which was like, you know, the bread from heaven, um, that's kind of popping into my brain here. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a, a parallel that's going on here. You're supposed to associate that that image, especially after all the chapters that have connected Jesus to the history of Israel, um, you're supposed to be thinking about Israel's story and what Jesus is doing with it. Yeah, Israel Israel was in the wilderness. They were tempted, and they gave in to the temptation. Mm -hmm. Jesus was in the wilderness. He was tempted, and he did not give in to the temptation. Mm -hmm. I think there's also a parallel here that goes back to the Garden of Eden, too, because some of what was going on even with Israel was saying, Hey, I've called you to be my people. This new thing has started. You made a covenant with me. And and then will you follow through? I gave you some commands, just like Adam and Eve received commands. And then the test happened, and they did exactly what Adam and Eve did. They, they failed the test. And so I think there are actually uh, parallels not just with Israel, but with, with Adam and Eve. I think of uh, even the temptation with Eve was about food. Do you want to eat this thing or not? You know, uh, are you going to, um, you know, believe what God said to you or not? You know, are you going to trust that God's good or not? It's all kind of in that mix of temptation. Yeah. Uh, another thing that I see, this is a big one. Um, every single time that the, uh, the tempter, that the devil uh, tempts him, he says, it is written. So he quotes scripture. Like he combats the temptation with a passage from the Bible. Did you notice that the devil does it too? I, I, yeah, I yeah. think it's so it's so interesting. Yeah. So this is a it's like in a fighting game. You ever play like a, you know a Street Fighter or you know one of those old like you know head to head fighting games? No, I'm thinking about your mama. 
<laughs> what? Okay, no. So this is, is I'm, happening going, I'm, going, right I'm, going, now. I'm going. I'm going somewhere. So I'm there, thinking there be about time, yo mama. <laughs> yeah, the yo, it's mom, like yo mama back and forth. Your mama jokes, you know. Like you well, say mama. one, you say one. Oh it's gosh. the rap battle. It's the you know the you know acapella battle. Like the, all these things. But yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of old school like video games where you'd see someone do a sweet move and then you'd try to do it back to them. You're like, oh, maybe I can do that. You know, like. It's like that. The devil's like, oh, I think I'll go at him with the bread. Oh, and then he quotes scripture at me. What if I quote scripture at him? Maybe that hit will land, you know? Like there's a, a certain amount of, okay, you believe the Bible. Well, what if I can use this and make it mean something different than what it does and, and trip you up? Mm. I see. So not your mama jokes. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> you said I, it was I, go still, I still don't understand how you got there. But now I'm thinking about Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Finish him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. The other thing that I see here is um, the temptations seem to be directed around uh, the like the use of Jesus using his power for his own benefit, um, and then the other one seems to be uh, like the third tempta- temptation seems to be um, trying to distract Jesus from why he came in the first place. Like, oh, like don't you want all of this power and all this prestige? Like, let me give it to you. And I think like when you go uh, into Luke four. Uh, chapters five and eight, it actually gives an even more like explicit reading of how much the the devil tried to paint a picture of all of the splendor, all of the kingdoms laid out, basically saying, look at all these things that I can give you if you only bow down and worship me. It's a weird thing to think of though, because, so a a question that I've often heard, because I've studied this in a lot of small groups and things like that, is often like, well, was the devil allowed to give those nations? Like, was it was it his to give? Because you're thinking, well, God, they belong to God, right? You know. Um, well, the 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 tricky thing in the background is that if you go way back to Adam and Eve, part of the point was they were supposed to rule over the world, but then they decided they don't take orders from the serpent. And in a very real way, and you see this throughout the New Testament, um, the devil is called you know the prince of this world or the you know the the god of this age or these sorts of things and in some ways he was handed over authority in the world from people who should have held it and now he's saying i, I could give this to you jesus but he's trying to get it give it to jesus without jesus going through the process of winning it back so jesus gets it eventually in the end it belongs to him but he's got to go through the process of paying for it mm-hmm. and so this is kind of trying to short circuit that and the devil's like well you know what you don't have to win it from me i could just you know you could just do what Eve did and Adam did and do what I say and it'll be all right. Yeah, Satan is uh, often called also the usurper. Like yeah. he, he wants God's place in the in the created order. Uh, I I don't remember the first time I heard it said, but it, it it made sense to me. And so maybe this will help a few people that are listening. When you talk about Satan's authority in the created order, uh, and being called like the prince of this world or the prince of darkness. Uh, I've heard it said that Satan has set up a counterfeit kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you have the kingdom of God and that God is the rightful king of the universe. Uh, and Satan is running a counterfeit temporary kingdom that looks like it can offer everything that the kingdom of God can. But in the end, it's nothing but pain, agony, death, darkness, and the worst of all, eternal damnation. Yeah. Here, here's something I observed. Um, if you look at the footnotes on those scripture verses, because, it, it, I mean, Jesus says, you know, it, it's written, so you know that it's a quote from some other place in the Bible. So this is a great reason to go and look up what the cross-references are to that one. Oh, that sound it. means it's time for your 
comma, tip of the week. Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, quotes and refers to the Old Testament a lot, extensively, all over the place, all the time. So if you have never used the cross-reference links in your study Bible, there's never been a better time to try it than now. When reading the Gospel of Matthew, use those cross-reference links and it will help you understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word to your life. And this has been your comma tip of the week. So I did that. I looked these up. And what's interesting about them is they are not random. All three of the verses that Jesus quotes are from the same part of Scripture. They're from Deuteronomy, the very beginning of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, chapter 8, a few different places around there. But it's all kind of one you know, big section that it's a part of. And it's really interesting that he would go to that. I think there's probably a few reasons. One is that was the book where the people of Israel are coming out of the wilderness. So this whole like... 40 years in the wilderness, 40 days in the in the desert here. He's drawing from the same portion of scripture there. But it's also the place where Israel is told, all right, this is how you're going to be my people. This is what it's going to look like to be faithful. And that's where the greatest commandment is in. You know, that when Jesus says, you know, what's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's from this section. And what's interesting about it is it says, these words will be on your heart. Like put, the, like he basically Jesus was like, from an early age, I was told to memorize this. Like Deuteronomy says, make sure you put this in your in your heart uh, and talk about it, and it's going to be important. So he had done that. He goes back to like the heart and, and core of the whole thing and says, that's in there, so that when the devil comes to him, it just comes flowing out. So this is more of like, uh, it's an observation. Uh, we said that observations or questions make good observations, right? So it's a question. It says right here, And verse 7, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Um, And this is reminding me of of times where um, I have talked with people and they said, oh, well, you know, well, God doesn't tempt you, but he might test his people, but he doesn't tempt people. But then up top here in verse 1, it says that um, Jesus was led in the spirit or led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. So does God test and not tempt or does he do both? Well, now, and if you've uh, read Matthew, you know that in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus actually prays, you know, or teaches us to pray, God, lead us not into temptation. Like, don't, don't do that. You know, I don't, I don't want to do that. So it is a, it is a, a tricky question because you're thinking, is the Spirit setting him up? You know, like, why, why would he do this? It's a, it's a, a, a tense situation because you think God's supposed to keep me away from those things. Okay, so I want to make sure I understand your question, because the yeah. first verse you talked about said, don't put the Lord your God to the test. Yes, well, I just which, saw... Which was the flip, us yes. testing God versus God testing us. Correct. That that line reminded me sometimes, that word test reminds me sometimes of how God, like people will say, well, God tests us, but he doesn't tempt us. Yeah, I... Okay. So... Let, let's separate the two, like, don't put the Lord God yes, yes, we'll separate to the, the test. That's a different Correct. different question. You're asking, how could it be that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted if God doesn't tempt people? Yes, correct. Look at the next three words. To be tempted by the devil. It's still weird, right? It's it's the it's, same. It's, still it's the weird, same. Right. It it's no different in my mind. We've been talking about for the last bunch of episodes. We've yep. been talking about the nation of Israel going into exile and how can God use an Assyrian army or a Babylonian army to be the 
to be the hand by which he executes his judgment and his justice when those are evil empires that he then punishes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. he, so, yeah. uh, I, I think it is generally biblically true. There's nuance to these things. And even the word temptation and trial and testing in the new Testament uh, are often the same word. Yep. And the nuance comes in the context of how they're used and who is the, who is the person doing the action? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do think it is a a generally biblically accurate answer to say God does not tempt because mm-hmm. God's not desire is for you to sin and to do evil. Right. But God does test. He does put He does put you through seasons or circumstances. But the testing is meant to strengthen, yeah. not to tear you down. Yes. So there, if you think about it in terms of stories. Uh, you actually realize you know a lot of stories where God does this. So the first one is Adam and Eve. Why was that tree in the garden? Well, it's because something something about that was a test to say, will you be faithful? Will you obey? Will you trust me? Will you do these things? And yet the, the serpent shows up and uses it as a temptation, but God's using it as a way of saying, this is to confirm that you're, you're going to follow me. Uh, it happens again with Abraham on the mountain with with his son. You know, will he obey and give, offer his son up? It happens again in the wilderness with uh, the people of Israel. It's uh, situations with Job. They're like repeatedly again and again. This happens. The interesting thing is that Jesus is the first one to get the test and to pass it. All the other times, the devil parlays it into actually tempting you and misleading you into those other places. Now, granted, uh, Abraham does okay or whatever, but like. Ultimately, the only one who passed the test is Jesus. So you do have this pattern there, and yet the motivation behind it, like Eric was talking about, is not to lead you towards unfaithfulness. It's to strengthen and confirm your commitment to follow God. So the devil and and God apparently have intentions for the same situation, and one's using it one way, one's using it the other. Great explanation. And and it might also... Oh, gosh. I'll say it. We'll have to unpack it, and we might have to retract it. I think I would start by saying every temptation is a test, but not every test is a temptation. Okay. Yeah. We got to unpack that. That's right. Uh, I think you're right, but I want to hear what you mean by it. (laughs) Okay. So if you're being tempted, it is either because of your own sinful nature, the schemes of the enemy, sin, flesh, and the devil, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So if you're being tempted, that is, that is a form of a test. A temptation is a form of a test. But God could test you by allowing you to go through a difficult season or a difficult circumstance for, the, for, the, uh, for your own sanctification, for the strengthening of your character. But the testing itself is not a temptation. You might be tempted to sin during that test, but the test itself is not a temptation. Yeah, it's 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 an opportunity for you to sin, but that's not the purpose of it. That's not you know what I mean. Like there's a there's a uh, there's a always in all circumstances. In, it's always an opportunity. Always to an sin. opportunity. Yep. Even the the test may be the challenging thing, but uh, uh, what we might call blessings can also be a, a, a test to say, will you be unfaithful? Like again and again, there's always that thing because what God is trying to say is, I want you to choose this. I want you to want this. I want you to uh, f- from the inside of you say yes to what I'm asking of you. Um, actually, one thing that might help with some of this is um, the Bible Project actually did an entire theme video on the test where it goes through this pattern in the, the course of the Bible. It's, wor- it's worth checking out. It's thought-provoking. It doesn't settle all the things, but it, it puts a lot of the pieces together. 
Do you think that we could ever get one of the Bible Project guys to come join this <laughs> she, podcast? Because we talk about them at least every other episode. Oh, should be a sponsor. That would be amazing. That would be that would be something else. Hey, here's a here's a a cool promise in First Corinthians chapter ten verse thirteen, which also is part of the answer to your question, Nikki. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you or allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. It doesn't say, and God will not tempt you beyond what you can bear. God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Yeah, That's great. That's a really good explanation, guys. All right, let's move on to the next M in comma, or the first M in comma we're doing today, which is message. Let's take uh, what we've read here and try to sum up a principle from uh, one of our observations. Uh, my message is uh, is this. Scripture is the best way to combat the enemy's attack. My message is that not all bumper stickers are fully true. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm thinking about the bumper sticker that says, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. I say, uh-uh, no, it doesn't settle it. Here's probably a, a, a more accurate bumper sticker. God said it, I believed it, Satan challenged me. I had a choice of whether or not I'm going to continue to believe it, and that settles it. Worst bumper sticker Satan, ever. <laughs> Satan, Satan is always, always, always going to challenge what God said. Yeah. That's his game. Yeah, I, that's true. That's true. Um, mine is this. Uh, Jesus did what Adam, Israel, and I could never do. He passed the test. He, he never resisted. He never went, uh, gave in to temptation. Um, I, I think it's important for a story like this. Uh, to recognize that because sometimes we go from Jesus being, uh, we go straight to the example and we say uh, these true things like we're talking about, you know, we use scripture to fight temptation, but to recognize Jesus is not just the example, he's the hero. Like he did something that we were not capable of doing and it changes everything. So all of the, the we can follow his example because he first, you know, took got the victory in this situation. All right, let's do meditation. That's the next M in comma. Uh, That's when we uh, spend about 45 seconds here on the podcast prayerfully pondering a section of the passage. Uh, We're going to do verse 4 here. This is actually uh, the quote that Jesus had from Deuteronomy chapter 8. He says this, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. All right, let's go to A, which is application. What do we do in response to all of this? So my application is um, an awareness of my message, right? So it's, it's scripture is the best way to combat the enemy's attack. And so through that awareness, um, it's this, my application is this idea of read scripture with the goal to know God and his will for your life. 
apply scripture by doing what it says and avoiding what it says to avoid. So it's that idea that the enemy wants to distract us with ideas of self-sufficiency, what's pleasing to our eyes, our mind. Um, and we, we need to follow Jesus as lead here and not let, let, not let ourselves get distracted. And the way that we do that is through remembering scripture, uh, reading it, applying it, uh, and combating the enemy's attacks when, whenever he, he comes at us. Okay, so my application coming from my message, which is not all bumper stickers are fully accurate. <laughs> God said it. I believe it. Satan challenged it. Then I chose to believe it again, and that settles it. We should expect, we should expect that Satan is going to challenge what God says, which means a lot of the battle that we fight is in the realm of our thought life. And so I'm looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And so my application is to expect that there is a, a battle going on in the thinking world, the thoughts we think, the things we believe to be true. Uh, we, we just have to know that Satan is going to push against what God said is true. We should expect it and do battle in that category. Uh, my application is not particularly concrete. It's more an attitude. It's the confidence that we should have knowing that Jesus did what we couldn't do, that he, he resisted temptation, he defeated the devil, um, and there is a certain confidence in saying, because there could be a despair to say, well, it's just impossible. We're all just, we're all just goners. We, you know, no one, no one, no one wins here. Um, but Jesus has, and that means a, a few different things. One, uh, we talked about this uh, kind of when we were talking about being uh, clothed in uh, God's righteousness in the Isaiah passage we talked about in the last episode. Well, where does that righteousness come from? It's Jesus's righteousness. He never sinned, and so when we stand with Him, we're clothed in that. But also, His Spirit is in us, which means that the same Spirit that led Him into the wilderness lives in you and me, which gives us power to overcome temptation. And we know that it's not hopeless. And so there is a certain confidence of saying Jesus went before us. He won that battle. And now those battles can be won uh, in us. And even when they aren't, his righteousness belongs to us because he's the one who fights for us. There's something that, that makes us say, okay, I'm not hopeless even when I'm being tempted or even when I fail. All right. Well, there you have it, friends. Thanks for listening this week. Join us again next Monday for a new episode. We'll be looking at another passage from the Bible Savvy Reading Plan. In the meantime, if you're not following along, you can go to BibleSavvy.com to download it and start reading. Also, you can subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Email us your questions or suggestions at podcasts at BibleSavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week.